Hello and welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. This week, the BCL is still suspended indefinitely, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus, but we still wanted to put an episode out for you guys this week. So coming up, we have an interview with Tayshawn Thomas from Hapwell, Jerusalem. Joining me for that is David Hein over in Germany. Dave, uh, how are you doing this week? Hope you're staying safe over there. Yeah, just uh, staying home, staying safe, and uh, just uh, trying to get enough of a sports uh, sports fix to uh, to uh, to to keep on uh, satisfying that that part of my uh, my daily my daily life. Um, and uh, you know, like we said, like you know, last week, you know, we definitely wanted try to keep uh keep giving you guys some entertainment uh and uh and I think talking to to players or whatnot uh is is a good way you know these guys you know Tishon Thomas uh, has been a guy that's been you know one of the top players definitely the last 2 years and and even 3 years ago at 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 Halone, he was a a pretty solid player uh, as well so um yeah just just doing good and just trying to uh to stay as, as healthy as uh, and safe as possible. Good, yeah. And it was great to talk to Tayshawn. Like you said, he's been one of the best players in the BCL in recent seasons. He was an MVP candidate this year for Happel Jerusalem. And as we talk about with him, Jerusalem were clearly one of the best teams in the competition this year. Definitely looked like championship contenders and championship favorites at, at certain points. Make sure you guys go to the official website, championsleague.basketball, for any updates that may occur over the next uh, couple weeks as this situation develops with the suspension of the BCL. And also there will be some articles going up on the website and of course, uh, you know, go to the Champions League YouTube channel. You can watch all of the games from this season, as well as some of the classic BCL games that they're putting online, uh, you know, over the past few days or so. So go check those out. Coming up next, Dave and I's interview with Tayshawn Thomas from Apple, Jerusalem. Four on two break. Watch out down the lane. Tayshawn Thomas. Takes off on the runway and throws it down. We've got 11,000 people on their feet here. So on the show this week, we have uh, Tayshan Thomas of uh, Hapoel uh, Bank Yahav, uh, Jerusalem. Uh, Tayshan, uh, thanks for taking some time to join us on the show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, obviously, we are all kind of living in a, in a pretty crazy time right now and, um, and a lot of un- uncertainty. Uh, maybe, maybe just kind of, uh, talk us through, uh, what your plans are, uh, in terms of staying in Israel or maybe heading back home to the States. Uh, obviously the Israeli, the BCL has been, uh, um, uh, indefinitely shut down. Israeli league, uh, um, also canceled the, uh, postponed the remainder of the season for now, uh, over, uh, before last weekend. So maybe just, Talk us through your plans as far as uh, what you are going to be doing. Um, uh, at first, I kind of planned on, you know, staying out here and trying to wait it out. But, you know, I started to kind of see how serious this thing was and I wanted to be smart. So I feel like I believe me and myself and the rest of my teammates are probably heading out. Like I think a couple left this morning, but I don't leave till Saturday. So I'm here. I'm in Israel till Saturday. Uh-huh. And, and you 
do you have your family with you here in in Europe or my my wife is usually with me like throughout the year but she like uh luckily kind of got out right in time okay you know, and she uh she kind of headed back to the states a little earlier so she's already home okay um maybe just what's your experience been with the with the 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 coronavirus so far um you know what do you what do you and what do you think about you know BCL you know shutting down indefinitely the you know Israeli league shutting down uh, indefinitely uh, I feel like I'm about the same as everybody else, and it's just we really don't know too much about this. So it's like really you can't say too much, you know. It's really this is new. I don't think anybody's really experienced a situation like this before. Um, but with the, I mean, when the NBA has shut down and you know all these leagues back home, and I, I was like, it's only like a matter of time before you know Champions League and Euro League and all these like you know leagues in the country. Like in each country, we're going to shut down. So once that, I kind of, it was like I was able to kind of like sit back and actually believe, you know, this is really, you know, crazy. This isn't as like a joke. With some people were kind of making it seem at the beginning. Yeah, and if uh, if the BCL is able to continue and go ahead with the, you know, the quarterfinals or the final four in, in some kind of format, uh, what, what do you guys think about your chances of winning it if if it happens again with Jerusalem? Oh, man, I was. We were very confident, you know. Uh, we I feel like we all have been playing a, a very good type of basketball, you know, coming to this point. Kind of like, you know, every team would. If you play all time, you want to be playing your best basketball. So I feel like we were definitely doing that. So I feel like we, we were definitely confident in our chances on winning Final Four. Like we were going, we were definitely going for that. Yeah, for sure. And so you guys, you beat Perry Steri in the round of 16. Uh, you swept them two to nothing. So that would set up a matchup with Borgos from Spain, who you guys played in the regular season a couple times. Uh, what what would it be like to match up with them again in the quarterfinals? That'd be that'd be fun, you know. I feel like uh, Burgos would agree, and you know, let's we'll say when we when Jerusalem and Burgos lined up, it was a good game. You know, uh, both games that we played in Jerusalem and that we played at Burgos, you know, both of those were some good games. So I feel like it would have been fun. And it would have came down to who could ever, you know, whoever could try to steal that role win. And that's the most important thing in a playoff is just trying to go and win on somebody else's home court. Yeah, and so, and so all season, uh, you know, there's been potential for Jerusalem to host the Final Four. Uh, so, you know, talking about home court, for those who haven't been to a game in Jerusalem but have probably heard the crowd, you know, on the TV, uh, how, how would you describe the fans there? The fans are amazing, man. They they keep us going every night. You know, if you if you're not ready to play, you know that's one thing that's definitely gonna wake you up and make sure you're ready. So, right. uh, you know, the fans are the fans are great. You know, they always they put they don't put too much pressure on you. They're really just there to support you, and it's kind of the best situation to be in when you play basketball. You know, everybody has your back. You you, but, meant, uh, you know, coming in there, you know. You know, coming in there, you are going to leave. You know, if you're not used to sound like that, you might leave with a headache because <laughs> it's ridiculously about how long that those, those fans, you know, scream and jump all night. It's kind of amazing how much energy they they actually uh, do put out. They they actually do feel like they're actually part of the game as well. You know, from a physical standpoint as well. Right? Yeah, I mean they are. You know, we played. Um, I think we played our the first game uh, uh, against Peristeri you know, without a crowd. And like, like you said, you know, playing in Jerusalem, a crowd is like 
our one of our like you know go to uh, one of our helpers in the in the in the games. So like it was different, you know, it felt different playing with nobody there. Like it was literally, you know, just you and the other team, and like the rest. Call. I think we got a call for a couple of texts because it was so quiet in there. So it was it was it was it was an experience. You you mentioned. Um... You mentioned that the team was really, you know, motivated and, and really thought you had a good chance. Um, last season, you guys were bounced by Tenerife in the in the quarterfinals. Uh, maybe just talk about how much of a goal it was coming into the season to 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 win this win this BCL title. Oh yeah, it was tough. You know, we were like uh, kind of like this. Year. I felt like this year was definitely more. You know, we were very confident about last year, but uh, you know, like you said, we met with a very tough team you know a team that we wasn't you know we kind of kind of underestimated and they came in and played team basketball that we didn't know you know I mean that was a lot better than the basketball we were playing so it was tough but you know coming in this year I feel like we all came in you know we brought back a lot of the same players so um a lot of guys that knew what they're doing on the court so I feel like being able to come back and have you know the same core guys was big for us and like you know kind of carried on to this season to help out and you know, guys kind of know like you know, we kind of set the tone. We were able to set the tone on what we wanted this year. Yeah, and then and then even made some, you know, pretty you you, kind of, you really have to say impressive uh, reinforcements, bringing in guys like Shelvin Mack, John Holland, and then at the end also uh, Emmanuel Terry. Maybe just how have those additions kind of changed the dynamics of the team um, and uh, right. and the chances of winning it? Those were those are definitely you know. Uh, some some great you know adjustments that we made because uh like like I, I mean the, the, the people we had on our team before they came in you know like those were good also and it was it was just you know each one probably had like a different you know personal matter on why they had to leave so it was on that end it was you know fantastic and then being able to bring in the guys we bring and for them to jail with us so fast it was it was nothing but love you know uh those are, those guys came were ready to win, you know, as soon as they got there. So it was, it was like a, a good little transition for those teams. Yeah, and one of your teammates, uh, Jim Brown, the last three years, uh, the last two at Jerusalem, like you, and it kind of seems like he's taken his season. Uh, what do you think about his development, seeing it, you know, kind of up close these past couple of years? Man, I have. So much respect for his for the code of the game. Uh, uh, just seeing how he had the game this year, like you said, like last year, he, he had some good years, but this this year has been different from him. You know, I feel like he's just been taking care of his body, being more responsible as a player, and you know, uh, being there for a team every day, being there for the team every day. And it's like you know, when you got a guy like that that's coming and being able to you know, put their grind every day and make sure you want to, you know, step on the court and be able to show up and not let him down whenever, when you know he's giving it your all on the court. Yeah, and you're all playing with uh, one of the best young point guards in Europe with Tamir Blatt. Uh, how easy was the, the transition from Halone after him at Halone in the 17-18 season and then now moving over to Jerusalem? It was, it was pretty cool, you know, just in the sense of, like, being able to, like, that was my point guard for the year before and, like, uh, we had a couple of guys on the team that, you know, kind of have more shine than us on the Huffle-Hurong team. But, like, you know, with me and him in the pick-and-roll was a was a go-to on that offense. You know, like, that was one thing we always did, like, like a, a thing. So being able to come to Jerusalem with, um, you know, Tamir, we had one of our coaches also come with us. 
bouncing it on also. So it was like a it was a smooth transition. You know, it wasn't hard at all. The new uh, the Oded, the coach in Jerusalem was you know he welcoming. He was willing to make us work. He trusted us and knew that you know knew all. Having the fact of playing against that year before in the Israeli league and then coming into a team that you know was good and I knew the ropes was kind of it was just an easy transition for myself. Um, and you never know, uh, as, as a member of the media, um, you, you never kind of know exactly how much, um, basketball players, athletes, whatever, pay attention to, uh, to the media and, uh, and, 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 and in that regard, uh, you're, you're actually ranked, uh, you're actually in first place right now in the MVP race rankings by our BCL, uh, guru, uh, Igor Jerkovic, um, for whatever that may mean, <laughs> um, but what do you what do you think about that? You know, obviously Howard St. Ruse was playing fantastic uh, before he ended up leaving to go to CSK Moscow. Uh, but right now, Igor's got you as the uh, the leader in the uh, in the MVP race. Oh man, that's an honor. Uh, you know, like uh, this is my third year playing the league. I think this year might be the first year that you know I had a lot of good things happening for myself. So. You know, just to see, like, a lot of the hard work I put in and, you know, to see how the Champions League's been rising off. When my first year there, it's been, you know, it came a long way, you know, a lot of and it's just been a grind. So, you know, to be able to be number one right now is definitely an honor because I have so much respect for the Champions League. And I know that being number one, you kind of get a lot of respect from doing that also. So it's a great feeling. Um, on, on January 30th, you tweeted, um, I can never sleep after games. You know, this is something that, you know, a lot of people might not know about, but maybe, um, you know, what, what keeps you awake then after games? The adrenaline, man. Uh, it's, it's a tough situation. It's like when you get, uh, a lot of other, I mean, I feel, I'm not, I feel like not just at like basketball, I feel like athletes at home, you know, they would agree. It's like when you get ready for a game, it's like a lot you got to do mentally, Physically, you got to make sure your mind's ready. And it's like, you know, you might go to practice for two hours and you go to this game. And at the end of the day, you're really only playing 40 minutes, you know. So it's, it's way different from, you know, practice. So it's like your body has a lot more energy to exert and it's not used to, you know, exerting that energy so fast. So after the game, it's like a lot of adrenaline. It's just like I'm up. Just it kind of works out, though, because, you know, the time difference back home. Oh, I'm able to talk to something kind of like what's up for me here and there. So I'm like, whatever a late game's here, I get I get a chance to call my mom back in the States and my sisters and my wife. So it helps out a lot for me. Nice. Yeah, we, we actually, we saw that you had, uh, I think it's four younger sisters, right? Yeah, I'm the only older four. Yeah. What, did you get them into basketball, like when they were younger? Um, It was definitely weird, you know, like, but I was the oldest, so I mean, I kind of didn't really have to suffer as bad as, you know, I would if, like, one of my sisters were older than me because of the whole girly stuff, you know, still, still in the bathroom, still <laughs> a thing like that. But, um, I feel, like, I feel like me being an older person looking up to me, I feel like they kind of naturally, you know, came in basketball. My two younger sisters from dad's age, you came back home. So, like, that's, you know, big, and I and I could only imagine the the impact I had on them basketball you know so i mean it's it's a family thing now so it's, it's a fun thing to you know wait now 
Yeah. So who were some of uh, who were some of like your basketball role models growing up? Like either like favorite players, um, or or I didn't know that your dad uh, is a coach as well. So it sounds like maybe he got you into it. Uh, yeah, my dad was more of a football player, but he like after I got into basketball, I was like kind of like you know he fell in love with it. But um, a couple of my basketball idols, I, I would say is you know Tracy McGrady, um, Kevin Durant. And Magic Johnson, you know, guys that linky guys that kind of camp ball shooting. I wish my shooting was as good as they did, but you know, those are guys that I kind of looked up to, like you know, watching their game growing up. Nice, yeah. And, and for BCL fans who made up, uh, you went to the University of Houston, and you were the seventh player in the history of that school to record at least thirteen hundred points and eight hundred rebounds, uh, along with the likes of Hakeem. Ed Drexler, Elvin Hayes. Uh, what do you think about mentioning, you know, kind of in like the same breath as as those guys who are like legends of the game? Oh man, it's it's crazy. I, I kind of like uh, kind of it's kind of still amazing, you know, because to hear those guys, you know, it takes so long though, and they're still talked about. Like in my like at at college, they're still talked about. You know, in the NBA talks, they're still talked about. So it's like you know, those are real legends. Nothing like you can take away from that. So to be have my name anywhere with them is definitely an honor, you know. And when I broke that record, you know, a couple of those, a couple of those guys were at the game that night, and it, you know, just having them there, and you know, Tayshawn talking to me, you know, stuff like that, it, was, it made the whole experience different. So it's definitely an honor to be, you know, considered with those legends. I mean, Houston back uh, back in the day of with with Olajuwon Drexler with Faisalama Jam that was uh, you know one of the most amazing, exciting basketball programs in, uh, in the day back then. So, did you grow up watching that as well? Because you're you're from you're from Texas then. Yeah, uh, I never. I mean, I knew about it going before I got to Houston. Like, of course, I heard about it, but you know, when I when I got to the schools, when I really learned about it. It was like engraved. Like, you know, like they, hey, like this is what happened. This is our history. This is what, you know, he's not small about. Yeah. And they really wanted to bring it back. And I'm kind of, I'm just so happy for the school right now because, you know, I, I didn't have the opportunity to like really turn the school around. But since I've left, it seemed like their basketball program has, you know, taken up some huge steps to get back to, you know, where they once were back in the day. So I'm really happy for the university. And then you you transferred uh, your final season uh, in college basketball to Oklahoma, and you were named uh, in your one season there uh, as the Big Twelve Newcomer of the Year. Uh, you know, knowing everything, you know, such a star at, at Houston and going and and really going into a new team, new program, bigger conference, everything like like that. Uh, what did it mean to you to to win that uh, to win that honor of, of newcomer of the year in a big in a big conference like the big uh, like the big twelve? Uh, I meant a lot, you know, because um, one thing that you know back home that a lot of people kind of try to say whenever like a you know a person might have some good stats in the league or whatever that like you know who they playing against, what's their competition, you know, who like what was the conference they were in. So that was like a big thing for me coming out of uh, college. So for me to you know move conferences and. Uh, be able to like win and take an accolade with me was huge, you know, it just felt so good. You know, I was able to play a lot more in front of my family. You know, a lot of people was able to see me on TV going to Oklahoma. So it was a difference and just being able to come and make an impact was huge to me because that team was, you know, really good. We had guys, you know, a couple of NBA guys that year and they kind of, you know, were the team. So for me to come in and make a, a, a instant impact was huge. 
Yeah, you mentioned it uh, in that one year that you had. You played with uh, Buddy Heald, who who obviously you know played uh, fantastic that season, NCAA tournament, and everything, and really you know shot up uh, NBA draft boards and and whatnot. Has been able to play you know pretty solid you know role in the NBA. Uh, maybe how do you how do you um, look back on that season with uh, with a guy that also had so much attention and 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 him dealing with that uh, in Buddy Heald. Oh man, it was great. You know, uh, I feel like that one year with Buddy, it kind of taught me a lot. You know, you got, I got to see a guy, you know, that like really loved basketball. You know, every day he's in the gym, every day he was getting extra work in. It kind of just, you know, made you sit back and ask yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, what, what can I do to be a better basketball player? So, help me, you know, to really like help me figure out what I really wanted as a basketball player. You know, to be in the gym and it, it, that's what it takes, you know, to, to be the best or be your, the best basketball player you can be it takes them putting that extra hours in the work in the gym you know actually doing that work and i just give a shout out to buddy for that because without I, I feel like him and isaiah cousins you know he was on my team earlier this mm-hmm. year they were two players that you know really helped me and took maybe uh help me get to that next step at at the time of this recording uh the youtube video tayshawn and serena uh, thomas wedding film has more than fourteen thousand views um, what, what, uh, what made you, uh, decide to have a, let's call it a highlight video of your wedding, uh, posted online. It's crazy to say that. Cause that's like exactly how we saw it. So, I mean, when we got married, it was, uh, you know, we were kind of young. I was 24 at the time. She was 23. And, you know, we were like, we talked about the wedding and I was asking, you know, a couple of other married couples. I'm just like, you know, how many, like, how many of y'all really watch, you know, your old wedding tapes, you know, like who watches that? And they were like, you know, like we probably watched it only one time. And, you know, I know a couple of people that were married for like, you know, 15, 20 years and they've only watched the video one time. So I was like, you know, let's do something that, you know, could kind of make us remember it a little bit more, you know, rather than just recording it. So the the guy, the photographer we went with, he, he, he usually, you know, did, some videos, but he never did one like that long for a wedding. So we went, we came up with the idea, was able to get it done, and it was a, it was a great decision. You know, what I mean, like you said, it has a lot of views, but just the memory itself was a great day. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, Tejan, we like to get uh, some of the BCL fans on Instagram to submit some questions for the interview. Uh, so this one's for from Lior One Adler. Uh, they want to know what would be your advice to young basketball players who want to succeed. Um, some advice I would give a young player who wants to succeed is to you know what if if don't ever get discouraged you know especially when you're young. So like a lot of kids nowadays you know they give up too early because you know things might not be looking the way they wanted to look at the beginning. But you know you never know when you're working hard and you really want something. If you stay focused and, you know, stay according to the plan, you know, things can turn out to be better than what you expected. So that's my advice. Just stay, of course, and don't just get discouraged too early. Cool. This one is from Chai underscore Mariah. Uh, they said, uh, what do you think about Israel? And I love Israel. You know, they, uh, they took me in and, and, you know, made it very comfortable for me. You know, me and my wife, I have my family out here and anybody, you know, that, has to go through that know that that's a difficult time having your wife out here and she's not really able to you know move around like she wants to and things like that but it's definitely a blessing you know still having her to help me 
But, you know, Israel made it very easy. You know, Israel made it easy. They speak English very well. You know, uh, the team is, most of the teams here are, you know, very professional and they just, they just show a lot of love around here. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm, Israel is definitely a place to come to. Uh, I was in Israel once back in 2017 for Eurobasket, and as a as a lover of of hummus and falafel, it was unbelievably fantastic for me. Um, you're 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 from Texas, uh, also you know went to Oklahoma, um, so you know food accordingly. Um, but uh, what do you, what do you uh, David Yuval 13? Uh, getting back to the uh, Instagram uh, question, wants to know how's the food in Israel? Uh, what do you like most? Uh, the food is great. You know, it took, uh, you know, being from the South in the States, it kind of took me a while to, you know, take some chances. I took a chance on, you know, that, cause at first, never liked hummus. I never liked any of that. And, you know, it, it kind of grew on me, you know, so I, I would say my favorite, my favorite food that I've had in Israel is a swarma. You uh, know, that, that, that there is, is different. You know, I never really had it back home. So in Israel, people's always, that's, I heard it big with the hummus and everything. So, that was like one of my favorite things that grew on. That did, I really honestly didn't start liking it until like my third year. So, yeah, you're kind of forced to uh, start liking things that just are always around, and yeah. you, you know. <laughs> um, I'm not home. I'm not gonna be able to get what I want. I mean, not what I'm used to. So I might as well try something different. Yeah, exactly. Um, KTN. GI gig TX, not exactly what his pronunciation would be, his or her, um, wants to know who's the toughest player that you've played against in the BCO? Like you mentioned, this is your, this is your third season in the league. Um, toughest player that you've played against? Well, that's a tough question. Um, one person that I remember for sure that was a, a very good match. I would say um, Morea from Peristeri. He, he, the, the Yannick, Yannick Marrera this season, huh? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was like one. That was one guy in Champions League that like was tough, just because you know he was he was his arms were as long as mine. I don't really meet too many other guys like that, and he was taller than me, so it was like it was a little different than usual, you know. Uh, but you know, it was a great battle. I'm glad that we got the us as a team. We got the best of them, and you know, it is what it is. But yeah, that was definitely one of the toughest guys I've probably played against in Champions League. Yeah, and the last one from Instagram, this one's from Marinovich54. Uh, they want to know, what's the scariest away crowd you've played in front of, uh, e- either like Europe or college? Mm, I'm going to give one for both because it's different. The hardest, there's two for college. The toughest two schools I've ever played in is uh, university, I played at the University of Kansas, and that was like crazy because I just remember the ball bouncing by itself from how loud the um wow <laughs> yeah like crazy um the second college that i would say was pretty tough was uh west virginia the university of west virginia they, yeah um <laughs> their fans were pretty wild they had scout reports on how to talk trash to everybody on our team like they did their they did they did their information they did their research they had they had like girlfriend names parents names <laughs> <laughs> Thing. And I was I, I couldn't I couldn't believe that they really had. I'm like, bro, y'all play everybody every other week. Like y'all really went and did y'all research on each team. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was crazy. And I would say the hardest in Champions League, the hardest team I probably played. Uh, the hardest place I played was probably uh, Ike. Ike was 
It was different. Yeah. You know, I've not. I've heard a lot about those Greek crowds, and it, it was still not surprised. I was still crazy surprised on how loud it was in there. It didn't start off loud. It was pretty empty, but I heard they had a soccer game. As soon as that soccer game was over, everybody came over to our game, and it was crazy. So I would say those are the toughest games I've probably played in. I've been in um, going back to, uh, you mentioned, uh, Tracy McGrady as one of the, the guys you kind of grew up as a, with a role model and whatnot, kind of the, kind of that same time frame in the, in the NBA, you know, um, Amari Stoudemire was really, I mean, he was a superstar, uh, without a doubt. And, uh, you know, had a huge legacy in the game. You had a chance to play alongside him last year, um, last season, maybe, maybe what was that like and what kind of things uh, did you learn from him that will help you over the course of your, uh, let's all hope, long career to come? Um, you know, playing with Amari was definitely a crazy experience because uh, Amari was definitely one of, another guy. You know, as I started getting more serious about basketball, I was another guy that, you know, I kind of started trying to learn a little from here and there. And to have him on my team was just, you know, crazy. I remember my, my, my dad back in the day wanted me to go to one of his uh, Amari's camps. You know, back in high school, he had these camps for, you know, these guys in high school, the top players in the nation. I was, like, working my hardest to get into that camp. But, um, yeah, playing with Amari was cool. You know, I just learned. One thing I did learn from him was, you know, your body is like, like your, your money making. You know what I'm saying? Why not take care of it? You know what I'm saying? That's the especially with us basketball players, it's like that your body is your most important asset. You need to do everything you can to take care of it. You know what I'm saying? Don't wait until you're older and, you know what I'm saying, things are harder to move and to work on it now. And that was one thing I took because he's 36, 37, still playing basketball at a high level. So, you know, it was just a couple of things I learned from him and not realizing that, you know, we all, you know, he was an NBA, he was an NBA star, like you said, but we're all humans at the end of the day and it's, you know, he still he still was professional and didn't treat anybody different just because of his status. Which, you know, you couldn't do anything but show mad respect for him for that. Uh, uh, last season, we talked to uh, James Feldeen, um, and he spoke really highly of the club. You talked about the amazing fans. Um, over the over the offseason, you, you signed a two-year contract extension with Jerusalem. Uh, maybe, maybe just talk about, uh, your decision on, on staying, uh, extending the deal with, with, uh, with, uh, Jerusalem. It was, it was, it was honestly an easy decision because, you know, just like that last year in Jerusalem, like I said, it was my second year in Israel. So I really didn't know what to expect. You know, I had, I had been playing there and I played on a team that was a pretty, you know, a pretty big rival, you know? So when I played it in Jerusalem, it wasn't friendly at all for me when I played in there the year before so it was, it was kind of different but you know as soon as I got here it was just like man it's like it's a family you know they really take care of you they really try to help sure, help you and make sure that like you and your family are, are comfortable at all times like, they really take care of you and it's, I haven't really been around a club that you know handles situations the way they do so Jerusalem is a, is a fantastic club I, I, I love them to death all right, uh, let's close with this one. Obviously, uh, like you know, uh, really the entire world, uh, we're waiting on on the development of this coronavirus. 
Um, and, uh, and then, you know, if, if the BCL is able to continue, you do have Burgos, uh, waiting for you, uh, in the quarterfinals. You kind of talked a little bit about that already. Uh, maybe just, let's just finish with, with what's kind of the club told you and, and the rest of the guys, as far as, uh, you know, sort of, obviously we, nobody knows what's going to happen, but just kind of. You know, hey, just check in with us every week, or you know, uh, you know, every every few days or whatever. What have they kind of told you and the rest of the guys as the, as you kind of uh, you know head back to the states for those going back to the states? Maybe um, uh, just to as you guys depart and 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 hope we all do uh, that uh, that you guys are able to come back and play basketball. Um, yeah, the team's definitely like you know telling us. You know, we definitely want to come back, and we don't want anybody to, you know, start talking. Like, you know, you know, don't don't make don't go home thinking it's the end of the season. You know, mm-hmm. uh, everybody, and they kind of explained us. You know, everybody going home for this time period is more of a safety thing rather than you know the guys not wanting to be here. So it's a different circumstances. So I mean, uh, they're just telling everybody, you know, try to stay stay professional. You know, be ready to come back anytime. So I hope that that's one. I feel like that's one thing that a lot of people need to stay on, not just our team, basketball in general, because. You know, uh, after taking off some time, you know, a lot of people need that, that break. But after taking off that time, you could, you know, coming back, you could, it could easily be hurt when you have when your body take a lot of time. So I feel like it's a big thing for everybody to do in these tough times is just to stay in shape and make sure that their families are safe and take all the safe procedures to keep yourself, uh, you know, out of, out of this virus's way as you could, I mean, if you can. <laughs> I think that's the best way to close. Uh, Tayshawn Thomas, uh, thank you for your time. Uh, it's It's been great uh, watching you both of these last two seasons. Uh, I will admit I don't I don't uh, I don't really have uh, uh, loads of memories from Halone and but I actually I do remember actually watching since I live in Germany, I do remember watching some of of your of your uh, action way back uh, at NBC. Uh, but it's been fantastic. We hope to be able to watch uh, watch you over the remainder of the season. Uh, but definitely, thanks for taking so much time. Um, and obviously, uh, stay healthy and 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 safe travels. Thanks, my man. You you enjoy this time too, and uh, you you stay safe also. All right, thanks again to Tayshawn Thomas from Happel, Jerusalem for joining us on this week's show. Thanks for the, all the questions on Instagram. Uh, thanks to the fans out there for that. Dave, uh, Tayshawn, he's been one of the best players for a while. He's, he's had a pretty interesting career. Uh, what did you uh, take away from that interview? You know, he's, it's, it's almost... Uh... It's it's kind of interesting to compare what he had, what he let's say had to do last year, what he has had to do this year. You know, there's been uh, you know uh, the, he talks about the core still being around, um, and and some of those additions came came later. Um, but you know, really, he's just continued to do everything that he that he does. It's it's um, it's just a great. Uh, he's just got a great game. You know, both offensively and defensively. Also, the great you know energy that he has at the defensive end. You always have you always have to enjoy and appreciate that uh somebody who's you know who's who's going uh who's going at it uh on the side that you know a lot of people you know you know kind of take a break a, a little bit you know um and uh you know it, it's it's somebody who's uh 
you know, he's had a, he's had a chance to, to really rise the ranks. And, um, you know, you think about, uh, all the attention that he got last season and all the attention I was getting this season, um, you know, didn't start at, uh, at a big high school and, uh, and, and, you know, talked about the, the one season really at a big program like, uh, Oklahoma, um, and then started kind of, you know, smaller, smaller clubs here in Europe, in Europe, uh, in Germany, and then, uh, uh, in Italy and, you know, just working his way up. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a tale that's been often told of guys in Europe, Americans in Europe who have just worked their way up the ladder uh, to bigger teams and, and having bigger roles at those teams. And, and he's been fantastic. So it's, it's been a joy. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, all, you know, all season this year, last year, really watching him play. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun watching Tayshon and that Hapoel Jerusalem team over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, such great offensive firepower. And then Tayshon, such a well-rounded player, such a good defender as well. So yeah, they've, they've been a lot of fun to watch and it was great having him on the show this week. I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, Dave, any final words before we wrap it up? Just, uh, you know, to, to stay safe and, and just try to, um, you know, everybody doing their part to, to help this thing, uh, pass as quick, as quickly as possible, really. And then, uh, you know, and also just, you know, as far as, as far as the BCL goes, you know, just, just, you know, keep, keep up with, uh, keep up with the site, uh, you know, keep up on, 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 um, uh, on all the social media channels and, and you'll, uh, you know, you'll hear, see, uh, about new articles that are up and, uh, and just to, just to keep, uh, just keep the interest up there and, and, uh, make sure that, uh, that we're all ready when, when, uh, when the season, uh, is able to, uh, continue. Um, that's, and, and we all hope it does. Yeah, absolutely. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks again to Tayshawn Thomas from Happel Jerusalem for joining us on this week's show. Thanks to all the fans on Instagram who submitted some questions for that. For David Hahn over in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast. <laughs>